0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball guru, Mackenzie Rivers. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, at and Rivers. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NBA Friday, myself and Mackenzie, we're going to go ahead and dive into a couple games on the Friday card. First things first, no smooth tonight, Mackenzie. I said, yo, what's up, man? We're doing a pod. Mackenzie said he was cool. And he's like, you know what, man? I've been running and gunning all day. So he was busy. He was like, I'm going to take the night off. So no smooth tonight, Mackenzie. Looks like it's just me and you. We're going to dive into a couple games here. Talk a little bit about playoffs. Talk a little bit about playoff scenarios. First game I want to start with, Mackenzie, is the Cleveland Cavalier and the Washington Wizards game. Right now on FanDuel, the overnight line. Wizards minus seven and a half. Uh, Currently no total on this game. Mackenzie, you and I were talking. We were looking at the playoff scenario situation here. It looks like the Wizards kind of just need to go ahead and win, and they're in. And if they do win, they're going to knock the Bulls out. But we looked at a couple other scenarios that involve the Wizards. That has to do with the Pacers. It has to do with the Charlotte Hornets. So, Mackenzie, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about the scenarios that might arise here from, you know, the Wizards, the Pacers, and the Hornets. Uh, over the next couple of days, because we only have two games left. Sunday's going to be the end of the regular season. So what might we see uh, with those three teams in particular?
1: Well, if you look at NBA 538, there's a reason why the Bulls are not eliminated from the playoffs, even though it's inconceivable that they could make it, because they're two games behind the Wizards, and the Wizards have two games to go, and the Bulls have two games to go. Wizards could very easily win their two games, but they just need to win one game, or the Bulls lose a game, and they're in to the play-in tournament. But they have a lot bigger aspirations than that because they're only one game behind the Pacers at 9 and the Hornets at 8. They have the tiebreaker against the Pacers. They don't against the Hornets. However, they play the Hornets. So that could be a game to get back. And the Hornets have a tough game at Madison Square Garden. So if they lose that game, then the Wizards really have to win out. The Pacers would have to drop one because they're a game up. They play the Lakers, so that's likely. So if the Wizards win out, realistically, most likely have beaten the Hornets and commandedly taken the eighth seed. So they would only have to win one game to make the playoffs and not two games. So
0: good news for the Wizards. I think the, the hang up with all that, Mackenzie, is the fact that the Pacers are kind of like smack dab in the middle and could throw a monkey wrench in because they play their final game on the road at Toronto. So what I'm looking at here, and I'm not sure if you agree with me with this, is I would suspect that the Pacers in the finale, Um, that that game is going to mean a lot to them because it's going to keep them probably out of that, you know, 910 seating that they're going to end up being probably more than likely maybe seven to eight point, maybe even nine point road favorites. That's what I would imagine. And that game on Sunday between the Wizards and the Hornets is going to decide who hosts that 910 playing game at home. So uh, that's what I kind of think what's going to happen here. But let's talk a little bit about the Cavs game and the Wizards game, because right now i'm I'm looking at the Wizards, and I'm thinking that there's a unique situation here, you know for them the fact that one, if they win, they're in, okay, we know that, and that they could improve their seating, and they won't have to go on the road you know in the plan. But the theme I want to talk about is the Cavaliers because I think they're kind of in in kind of an odd spot. I don't know how you feel about the Cavaliers, the fact that we talked about them last night. we talked about Boston, and we kind of just felt like. You know, the Celtics are like a deflated tire right now. More than likely, there's a good chance that they're going to end up in the play-in and they, and, and they could get bounced. Uh, the team's lost like four games in a row. Cleveland went and they beat them. So I kind of wonder if they if they deflate off of that and then they look ahead to their final game, which is against the Nets. And I feel like that potentially could be like the Cavs' Super Bowl for the entire year. It hasn't been a good year for Cleveland. We know that. Players have been in and out, injured. Their record's not all that great. But I just wonder with with that kind of big win against Boston, look ahead against the Nets, you know, where, where do they come in here mentally for this particular game? And we know the Wizards are going to be motivated. So my guess would be, let's just play the Wizards. Let's lay the seven and a half, that this could be kind of a wide margin type of game. I'm not sure how you feel about the Cavs in general, but with that type of scenario, Mackenzie, how do you feel about that? I tend to agree with you. The Cavs have lost, had lost,
1: Eleven games in the row by about 20 points per game on average. So to get that big win at Boston or at home to Boston, kind of dominating them, that was probably their Super Bowl. They probably satisfied that goal of, you know, ending the season on a high note. We'll have another opportunity at Washington. Okay, that's an okay game. And have an opportunity at Brooklyn. That would be something to hang your hat on. So this is kind of the sandwich spot. And, you know, the Wizards, they haven't been taking any of these games lightly. So I would look for the Wizards to, you know, get some get some margin here. I mean, they might have tired legs after this run, Westbrook, you know, having to carry so much. But I would I would definitely look towards Washington here.
0: I think one of the reasons why I would really look at at the Wizards in this particular game is they, you know, they've been flirting with, with disaster, McKenzie. They lost their last two games, you know, against a good Atlanta team, and both of those games were on the road. And we know they were motivated, but I just feel like it was like uh, some close wins there. You know, if we could just get to you know, that Cleveland game.
1: Right. I thought I thought they would take Beal out for this game and just kind of, you know, cruise to the finish. But Beal look, looks like he's not going to play this games. But I guess they'll have, they have confidence, you know, without him.
0: I guess at this point they don't have any chance. I think that you would rather have Beal because, you know, we know the schedule for, for the Wizards. Win one and you're in and, and the Bulls don't have exactly an easy schedule. If they lose one, they're out. So I think the likelihood of, of you know, Washington getting in the playoffs. Uh, is is rather high, right? But I also feel like why go out there and risk Beal right now when you know it's hey if we need him for the finale, you know we'll, we'll have him out there. But why risk him for this particular game doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, so I'll go ahead, I'll play the Wizards, I'll lay the I'll lay the seven and a half. Let's jump over to another game here, Mackenzie. This one we all agreed on. Myself, you went smooth yesterday, and that was the Memphis Grizzlies. And they came up short. I don't know if you guys watched the end of the game, but that one, that, that game annoyed the living daylights out of me. Um, I had a player prop in that one. that It looked like it won, and then all of a sudden it didn't win. And then it looked like the Grizzlies were going to end up going to the free throw line to go ahead and ice the game. We were laying seven and a half in that one. And I guess the Kings decided, well, you know what? Let's not foul down six with 20 seconds, which that's kind of unheard of. I've seen it happen, then um, I probably you know, ended up on the wrong side of that one time or another. But that's kind of what happened with that one. So we didn't get to cover in that one. That was a lean for us yesterday on the podcast. But look, they're going to circle right back around. It's a back-to-back here for both teams. Grizzlies are going to be laying eight and a half points here, McKenzie. Now they need the win. It's not going to jeopardize them making the playoffs. I mean, they're already in the playoffs. But this is going to help them when it comes to seeding more than anything. The fact that they're tied with Golden State but we'll talk about the Golden State game here in a couple minutes. But, Mackenzie, here's the situation. Golden State, they have to play the Pelicans next. Grizzlies have to play the Kings tomorrow. We're assuming that both of those teams are going to win. The Golden State's a six-point favorite. Memphis is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. So both of those teams win. So here's the scenario that comes into this situation on Sunday. Golden State plays the Grizzlies on Sunday, and whoever wins that game is going to be the team that gets the eight seed. So both of these teams, you know, the Warriors and the Grizzlies, they want to win. And I think after the Grizzlies kind of flirted with disaster today, and they did. They were down for a large majority of that game. And I know, Mackenzie, you were scoreboard watching and watching that one on the TV. I don't know what you saw from the Grizzlies, but that line closed eight and a half yesterday, and it's at eight and a half now. So although we didn't get the result yesterday that we expected how do you feel about the result that maybe we should expect today? Because I, I, like, I like the Grizzlies again. I'll pull the trigger on them again to perform a little bit better. I didn't get a chance to watch that whole game. But what did you see with that Grizzlies game against the Kings? And, you know, are you kind of feeling what I'm feeling here with the Grizzlies that maybe they'll come out and perform much better and, and actually cover this line? I like
1: I like the Grizzlies a lot more today than I did yesterday from watching that game, the matchup was to their advantage. They had out-rebounded them by 15. Rashawn Holmes went down early, so uh, already thin King's backcourt is without, you know, a starting-level center. And if you look at the game, I mean, they, 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 only, they only shot 11 for 33. You know, the King shot a lot better than that. They kind of just – it's like they wanted the game too much. It seemed like it always was slipping out of their hands. They had eight more turnovers than the Kings did, and they, they kind of kept them in it. But watching that game, it seemed like one team was just playing basketball kind of loose and having fun, and they succeeded that way. And one team was playing, you know, an intense level of basketball. It just happened to be, you know, kind of off their game. I like that it's just a one 24-hour turnaround. I feel like they, they kind of have a bad taste in their mouth, even though they won. I look for John Morant and the boys. Jaron Jackson Jr. got in foul trouble early. He's probably, you know not ready to help this team right now. So they're probably going to roll without him tomorrow would be my guess. I think they roll. I get that feeling. I think they roll. So that's that's a play for me. Grizz minus nine.
0: What do you think about this, McKenzie? There were a lot of unfamiliar faces on that Sacramento Kings team that were on the floor tonight, just kind of playing well over expectation. You had a guy like Terrence Davis, who a lot of people don't have any idea uh, who he is. He had 16 points in the game. You had Justin James, who a lot of people have no idea who he is. I'm sure he's not on your power ratings. He came off the bench and had 31 points. And then you had a guy like uh, Matu, he ended up, you know, shooting 10 threes tonight, made four of them, had 17 points. As you mentioned, Holmes actually went out uh, a little bit, you know, injured there, but DeLon Wright, you know, played 37 minutes. He had 15 points, but he chipped in, you know, for 16. But do you think maybe that, maybe it's, it it was a combination of two things. One, the Grizzlies are a young team and we know young teams, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it's in, you know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever. Young teams, when, when they have to do something, uh, they tend, they, they, they kind of tense up and, and they're not used to that pressure because they haven't really been there before. And I don't think that, you know, John Morant and Brooks and Anderson and Jackson and, and that crew, you know, along with the guys on their bench that, you know that they were in this particular situation before. We know what Memphis was last year and the year before that, and all that. They were they weren't very good. But I wonder if it was they needed to mature, and then it was a lot of unfamiliar faces. They're like we don't even know how to guard these guys. We don't even know if these guys are any good. Like, are you going to show a guy like Justin James, who you never heard of, or a guy like Matu? Are you going to show them a whole lot of respect out there? Maybe Memphis thought it was just going to be handed to them, and they come in here tomorrow being like you know what, we can't let that guy sit outside and shoot threes. We can't let this guy uh, continuously, you know, get into the paint and get to the free throw line. I feel like the fact that it's a quick turnaround, that Memphis is going to be able to go ahead and look and say, here's what we did wrong, here's what we need to do right, and we can blow this team out and take care of business, and this team's not going to make the mistakes. They're not going to feel maybe super tense the next day. But that's kind of what I'm feeling with Memphis tomorrow. It's kind of why I like them. I just felt like even though Memphis got the win tonight, like it could have and should have been, you know, a, a, a lot more margin um, in that particular game. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I agree with you. And I think they know that. I like the fact that it's the end of the season. If this was the middle of the season, oh, maybe, you know, they'll start to grow a bad habit. But the last eight games of the season, when you're trying to make the playoffs, it's it's like a playoff run in themselves. Teams in like the NFL playoffs, for example, that barely squeak by are usually play on teams because you know, they take advantage of the opportunity they've been given and probably play a lot better. Don't make the mistakes that they did in the game prior because it's on their minds. And, you know, they talk about it and communicate, have a collective focus the next night. I like that it's 24 hours again. That's my favorite part about this play because the Kings, there are a bunch of, you know, G League players are trying to scratch and make the league. They just had a really close game, game of their lives. But they're not particularly equipped to, you know, go against the same players that now know a little bit about them and what they're what they're doing. All of that what is a beginner's luck that you get when, you know, you're unexpected. You're your rookie quarterback out there is gone when you're playing a guy the second hour in two days. So I'm excited to see that game. I like the
0: Grizz. I think what's important here, too, Mackenzie, that we didn't bring up is the fact that the Grizzlies have to win this game in order to get to the next game, you know, in order to end up get into the eighth seed. If they lose this game, well, then there is no eighth seed. It doesn't matter what happens on Sunday. So they do have to win this particular game. But as we were just talking about with Cleveland, you know, with kind of that let down look ahead situation, would you say that maybe the Kings are going to go back home and wrap up their season on Sunday? It's going to be against Utah. So do you feel like we know the Kings aren't going anywhere? They just got knocked out of the playoffs. Do you feel like maybe there might be a little look ahead situation there to go and and beat, you know, the, the, the West Coast number one team and close out the year and say, you know what, we, we did a good job at the end of the year. We were in the playoff chase. You know, we gave everything we had against Utah. So maybe this is kind of a letdown game in a sense, the fact that they played so well, and maybe they look ahead to Utah. Like, would, you, would you look at that too? Yeah, I think the same
1: thing applies. You want to beat a marquee team like the Utah Jazz to end your season. It's not going to really matter if you beat the Kings or not, especially because you already beat them, I mean, or at least you had a competitive game against them, you know, tonight.
0: I think the only thing that would concern me a little bit, McKenzie, and you kind of talked about this just in, in the last game, is the fact that, you know, a lot of these players have they have nothing to lose. Um, it's a lot of, you know, G League type of guys. And, and you know, Smoove had mentioned the other day, he was like, you know, these players have nothing to lose. They're just going out there having fun right now. And some of them, you know, some of these teams are actually playing well above what, what anybody would think that's the only thing that worries me that the Kings come in here tomorrow with the same group of guys, you know, minus probably Rasha Holmes, and they just go out there and they have fun. And generally it's the fun team that causes a lot of trouble against a team who, you know, is young and might tense up. Like that's my only cause for concern, but that's not enough to go ahead and get me, you know, off the Grizzlies. So I'll go ahead and I'll play the Grizzlies again. Uh, I'll lay the eight and a half points. I think there is a a strong possibility, you know, on a back-to-back Grizzlies being at home, A little bit of time to adjust, kind of digest what happened, uh, that they can go ahead and take care of business against the Kings and uh, get to Sunday and play the Warriors and see if they end up, you know, with a home game or an eight seed or or where they end up. Speaking of the Warriors, McKenzie, why don't we go ahead and talk about that game? We'll wrap up the pod here on that one. Warriors are going to end up being six-point favorites here at home. They're going to go ahead. They're going to play the Pelicans. You have a pick in this one. You and I talked about this right before the podcast, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why don't we go ahead and discuss that? How are you feeling about the Warriors and Pelicans tomorrow? Yeah, so since Zion went down, there's a little bit of hewing theory
1: with the Pelicans winning four in a row against the spread, but I think that was kind of a flash in the pan, so to speak. They get blown out by the Mavericks, and I think I think they're kind of ready to ready to pack it up. And I don't really need that much of a motivational edge for this to be a good bet. My power rankings make this Warriors minus five on a neutral. So, you know, what's home court advantage? Fans are back at the Chase Center. They've been back for a few weeks now, so I'd probably give it to two, two and a half, especially for a big playoff-like game where the Warriors have to win to keep pace with the Grizzlies, who would have started a half an hour before, score up on the big screen. So I think, yeah, probably two and a half. That makes it seven and a half. We're getting minus six. I do think there's a playoff edge. I do think there's something to Steph Curry being 10-0 and 0 in the playoffs against Dame Lillard, You know, being able to show up in these big games. Uh you know, despite what the critics may think, so that's a that's a situational edge. It's a power ratings edge. I think the fact that the Grizzlies uh, will be their next opponent kind of makes it like a bang bang. We got to get these two to finish the season. And there's one there's one more factor. There's one more factor I've written down here. It almost escaped me, but I actually think this is key. I think this is more than a half point factor. The last time Zion played, it was against the Warriors. So when David Griffin, GM of the Pelicans was crying to the league publicly loudly about the unfair treatment to his prodigy Zion in the paint, he was largely talking about Draymond and the warriors. I don't think that was lost on a savvy crowd like they have there in Oakland. I don't think that was lost on Draymond green. The fact that he got his pinky hurt. And now you think there should be a special waiver that everyone has to sign when they play Zion Williamson. So, I don't think that helps the, the Pelicans focus the fact that, you know, they have their, their their dad telling them, telling on them for them. And I do think that helps the Warriors, Warriors give them a little bit of edge. So you add that little half point. Now we're looking at it should be Warriors minus eight and a half. It's still minus six right now on FanDuel. So that's my best bet.
0: I think that the fact that the Pelicans have actually been pesky, you know, the last couple of games, that, that's one of the reasons why the line's down. And we just talked a little bit about the Grizzlies and being young. This is a situation that the Warriors are used to being in. You know, they're used to being, you know, up against the wall, game five, game six, game seven. This is just another game for them where, you know, it should be a pressure packed situation for most teams. And they're probably going to come in here loose and be like, you know, it's the Pelicans. Let's go do our thing. We know we got a lot on the line. Let's just go take care of business. And that's just something that that team, you know, is, is accustomed to. Right. Totally agree with that as far as the Warriors are concerned, you know, it is, let's just get to Sunday, you know, and, and see where we end up. But the fact that you brought up the whole, you know, Zion Williamson thing, like I wonder if Draymond goes out there and the referees for once are actually on his side because right. 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 For once, I think, I think that there's a chance that the referees might be on Draymond's side. And look, if that crowd is out there and they're, and they're energetic and, in my opinion, I think Draymond is the is the motor, you know, that makes this Warriors team go. And if if he's feeling like, you know, he's getting a little
1: unfair criticism,
0: yeah, unfair criticism, and maybe a little forgiveness from the referees, uh, he might go out there and have a monster game tomorrow. I wouldn't be shocked at that. Wiggins is coming off of a big game, and Curry. I'm not positive, McKenzie. This might be something that you can look up. If Curry goes out tomorrow and scores 31 points or 32 points, is he going to win the scoring title? Because I think that would be pretty big for Curry because he's not going to get the MVP. We know that, and Bradley Beal is is off. You know he's out tomorrow for that game, so Curry does have to have at least like one big game coming up. I could see Curry going off tomorrow too. Him and Draymond just being a buzz saw right through this Pelicans team. Is there any way you could go ahead and, and look that up? Like, wh- what do you think Curry would need? Because I think there was like a point. I think it was like a .6 difference between him and Beal. Do you know what it would take for Curry to go ahead and, and pretty much just ice it? Or, or what would he have to do to be in trouble?
1: I'm a big big enough of a nerd that like since seventh grade, I've like done this calculation in my head so many times. the point difference times the amount of games you played plus the points that you have to play in the next game. So I can just eyeball it for you. Curry' is 31.8. Beale's 31.4. We might think that Beale doesn't play anymore in the regular season. In which case Curry doesn't have to beat his scoring average. He just has to maintain it partially. So he has a 0.4 gap needed. And he's played about 60 games, two games left. So really, if he puts up 35 in this game, then all he needs in the last game is like 17 or so to keep the record. So obviously he gets 30 or something. He keeps in line. That's fine. But he has an opportunity to kind of ice it with the big game. He gets 40. Then it's kind of a coronation in the last game. If it's something that's important to him, which I think it is.
0: So tomorrow, McKenzie, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look up I'm going to look up Steph Curry's score 40 points and see uh, what that line might be. I'm guessing it's probably going to be somewhere in that uh, maybe 6-1 to one range, maybe 5-1 to one range. Is that something that you might consider putting a pizza bet on? Yeah, I like that. You know, aside from the season, you know, um, being on the line and all that stuff like that, if there's one thing that the Warriors could take away, it could be. And if there's one thing the Pelicans don't do is, is get around screens. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Those pick and rolls with Curry are pretty much just deadly, and he'll probably take uh, advantage of them tomorrow. So those will be the three games we go through, guys. Those are the three picks we'll give you. Uh, McKenzie's best bet here is going to be on the Warriors. My best bet, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Memphis Grizzlies minus the eight and a half. And then uh, McKenzie and I, we both agree, go ahead and play the Wizards here minus the seven and a half. Kenzie, the other day, I don't know if you if you saw, but I really liked Russell Westbrook the other day to score forty points or more. Now he had twenty five in the first half, and I was counting my money. It turns out he only ended up with nine in the second half. But the fact that Beal's out tomorrow, the fact that Russ went out and scored thirty four points in the last game, but they ended up losing against Atlanta. You know, do you feel like maybe we we can go ahead and maybe try again at that? Russell Westbrook to score 40 points because the payout on that was like 11 to 1. You think maybe we can go ahead and maybe try to attack that player prop tomorrow? The only way you don't profit
1: from winning information is ruin. There's a reason why we preach bankroll management because 11 to 1, 40 points. I think if you play that game 10 times, he scores 40 points the last game. At least four or five times, he took like 30 shots. He had 25 in the first half, so if you see if it was if it was 11 to one again, the way he's been playing, the way that they they need him to play, it's I think that's a great bet. I think that's a lot of value. It should be five to one,
0: so you probably lose it, but I'd say fire. I agree. That's the way I felt when I made the bet the other day. I was like, if this was four to one, five to one, I would consider that, but the fact that it's 11 to one, I went ahead and I was like, Dude, and and I I thought the same thing. I'm like. He's probably going to hit this a couple times, you know, over a 10-game span. So what I'll do tomorrow, Mackenzie, now that I have your approval, is I'll go ahead and I'll parlay uh, Steph Curry and, and Russell Westbrook both to score 40 for a jumbo payout. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. $10 to win 50000 Yeah, 50000 tomorrow that, that Curry and Westbrook both go off and score 40 points. But that'll wrap up the pod, guys. Big thanks to McKenzie Rivers for going ahead and jumping on, sharing some of his Thoughts on today's podcast. You guys know where to find us on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on Friday. Enjoy the games.